Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. We had a, I think, German driver and we said, what's going on? And, and the best he could do, there are criminals in the village, there are criminals here. It's 1972 and Bruce McMillan is a competitive pistol shooter among 89 New Zealanders competing at the Munich Summer Olympics. It's also his first Olympic Games and the largest held at the time, with just over 7,000 competitors. The Games started on the 26th of August. And it was the 5th of September that the hostage event took place. Hi, I'm Sonia Sly, and you're listening to Eyewitness. In this episode, we look at a sporting event overshadowed by a hostage takeover, what became known as the Munich Massacre. It was dawn, and I went out to go up and have a look on Connolly Strasse because I'd heard a bit of noise, and that's when I got shouted at very well-built policeman in a leather overcoat was shouting at me to stay in my apartment or stay in our quarters. It was about midway through the Games and Bruce had already finished his competition. He was staying in a dorm on Connolly Strasse, a street in the Olympic Village. Under our quarters was a big car park, so we went down the steps into the car park to catch our transport to take us south of the city. He was heading off on a sightseeing excursion out of the Olympic Village, completely unaware of what was going on. There they were on a gurney, they were bringing Weinberg's body out. It turned out to be a shooting, followed by a fair bit of chaos. There was a lot of chatter about, all in German of course, but Bruce could only understand about three or four words. Right early on we knew that the criminals had made an attack in the village, that's all we knew. This was meant only in the quarters. They were basically weightlifters. When they shot the uh, weightlifter coach Weinberg through the door, I wouldn't have heard that. After those hostages had been taken away, was there a feeling of complete and utter threat that we don't know if there are other terrorists that are going to come? And Not like that, no. 11 Israeli athletes were being held hostage by members of a Palestinian group called Black September. This was a political act calling for the release of just over 200 Palestinians and non-Arabs imprisoned in Israel. As far as I'm aware, uh, Black September was a group of family members who had a grievance over annexation of property. They weren't suicide bombers, put it that way. Uh, the funny thing is that they're connected to some of the people who are still players in the world terror. It was an inside job. They knew their targets and their whereabouts. The one advantage they had is that they chose to do it under the cover of darkness. There is camera coverage of the um, terrorists climbing over the boundary fence. They, they breached security quite easily. 
they were in, dressed in black clothing. It was the middle of the night, and they just shinned over the, the chain link fence. You've got a big village, and you put a security fence around it. Unless you've got a um, policeman standing at every corner of the fence, it's hard to patrol. They just fronted up, and they rang the bell on the Israeli apartment. But remember, these guys were wrestlers with a lot of strength behind them. Weinberg, the coach, got up. He opened the door a crack. They thought they were going to force their way in. That guy weighed over 20 stones, so they weren't going to push their way in. So they just shot him through the door. They had to kill two at the start. But considering then that they take other hostages who were the weightlifters, and that must have been quite a feat in some ways. Most of us when confronted with heavily armed men. You do as you're told. You look and you wait, and, you know, Israelis are exceptionally smart people, and they would realise that by time, do as you're told and see how it worked out. What kind of arms were they using? Probably Israeli uh, Uzi submachine gun. Is it surprising then that not everybody heard them? Because I imagine, like, you know, machine guns are sort of fast, they have a lot of impact... They would have not fired any more shots than they had to. They were trying to make a political point. Once the hostages were taken, they were bound by their wrists and ankles. They were also beaten. Some of them were found with broken bones. The youngest was only 18 years old. Despite being unaware of the bigger picture, Bruce felt confident that he had some form of protection. I kept my pistol with me in the quarters. That wouldn't happen today, I realise that. Would you have hesitated to use it if in the situation? It's hard to answer that, isn't it? But put it this way, we were competent people. I was brought up to shoot straight and tell the truth and uh, those sorts of things. Um, they're not quite as fashionable as uh, these days, you know. By this time, the kidnappers had thrown Weinberg's body out the door the Israelis refused any negotiations, so the Germans stepped in, offering money for the release of the hostages. Unsurprisingly, the offer was rejected. After a bit of sightseeing, Bruce arrived back in the village later that afternoon. By then, the picture was becoming a lot clearer. Decent quality information was pretty hard to come by. There was good English coverage and. The authority would have been BBC now. Whether I could get them, I'm not sure. I had a few friends who um, who could translate, and so I, I got quite a bit of stuff um, second-hand. After negotiations back and forth between the Palestinians and the German authorities, the Germans sent in military helicopters to transport the hostages and the kidnappers out of the Olympic village. Meanwhile... Competitors were still largely unaware of the event that was taking place right under their nose. It was later in the day that they broke a deal whereby the helicopters took them out to the airbase at, at Fist and Philbrook. It was a police attack in which a whole lot of people got shot up. One German policeman died. They shot five terrorists. All of the hostages died.
Following the deaths, there were several memorials held in the village and at the airbase where the mass shooting had taken place. They were suspended for a day or two while they thought about whether they were going to cancel, but they carried on. Did you hear anyone talk about how it maybe affected their ability to compete after this had happened? It was at the forefront of everybody's thinking. Some of the girls had uh, competitions in the latter part of the game, so how they fared, I don't know. Was the security in general in the, um, at the games when you're entering and also within the village, was it ramped up after that event? Oh, well, of course. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the security before the event. The entry into the village was not a walk in the park, put it that way. And uh, three got away or were given travel out of the country. The Israeli government hunted them down. Over the next uh, 10 years, they hunted them down. By the 2000s, all of the Palestinian members involved in the kidnapping had been tracked down, except for one who died of old age. Bruce says he was angry that the Summer Olympics had been remembered for all the wrong reasons. Although it had kicked off to a celebratory start. It was a fantastic menu. The atmosphere in the game was absolutely fantastic. A summer festival of sport. So the last week of the games was really a terrible anti-climax. They closed on the 11th of September. The whole thing just fell flat. And of course, it was the biggest Olympics up to that point. We had to hop on the plane and come home. So was it considered one of the most disastrous Olympic Games to date? I think the organisers did a good job of handling an impossible situation. The father of the modern games, Avery Brundage, was head of the Olympic Federation. I think it broke his heart, actually. Bruce started his career in the mid-60s. He's competed in two Commonwealth Games, a World Champs, and of course, the disastrous Olympics at Munich. And security at any competitive games from that point on ramped up. I went to the uh, Commonwealth Games in Edmonton. The uh, orange jackets with the white hat people and the orange cone people were just everywhere. Carrying your own gun became difficult or problematic. 74 at the Commonwealth Games in Christchurch, we had all sorts of rules and that about where we stored our guns and how, who looked after them and all of that. It was all an absolute waste of time because we're not the problem. It was all about a few terrorists changing the shape of my life, and that's why I was angry. That was Bruce McMillan, and the sound engineer was Elliot Childs. And I'm producer Sonia Sly for this episode of Eyewitness. You can check out a fantastic back catalogue of Eyewitness episodes via Spotify, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and on the RNZ website, rnz.co.nz forward slash eyewitness. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. 
That's BotoxCosmetic.com. <laughs> 